is brought to you by Habit Aware. If you follow me on social media, you may have seen me wearing a watch with a lilac colored band. That's a keen too, and it's much more than a watch. It's a life changer. I've had trichotillomania for 22 years, and I always thought of myself as a conscious puller. But when I started wearing the keen too, I realized that was not the case. The keen too's motion sensing technology gives my wrist a gentle vibration or hug every time my hand reaches for my hair, bringing me to awareness so that I can make a different choice. Start bringing awareness into your life by going to barbaralally.com slash habitaware. My name is Jaden. I'm 17 years old. I've had trichotillomania since I was 10, so about seven years. A little bit before that, I did have like other BFRBs, kind of mini ones that lasted temporarily, like inside the cheek biting, biting my hair, picking at my skin, nail biting, but those all, none of them really stuck, but the trick did. When I was 10 years old, I would start pulling from my eyebrows. You know, patches were missing. Maybe like six months after that, started with the eyelashes. And I would say about a year after that, I started pulling right in front of my forehead, like a little bit there and at the sides behind my ears. When you first started pulling, did you have any idea what like a BFRB was? When I started pulling, no, I didn't have any idea. I went, I got a therapist and they were like, I don't know what this is. Can you stop it? Have you tried stopping? Are, were you nervous? Did someone cut your hair at school and that just started irritating you? Did you eat anything weird? What, did you, what were you doing on that day? All stuff like that. I'm like, nope, just sitting in class. When did you get the diagnosis or like the name for trichotillomania? So I think it was probably maybe two or three years since I first started that I met a therapist and she was able to say, hey, I think you might have this. I don't really remember what the diagnosis thing was, but they just said, oh, you pull pretty regularly. You can't stop. And that was about it for that. When you first started, how quickly did your parents notice? I think the first day right after I started, they started to notice. They, I had patches on my eyebrows, and they were saying, you know, what did you do? Did you have fun with the tweezers last night? Or what happened? Did you rub your eyebrow weird? Well, my, mom, my mom had some, some like, conditioning things she put on my eyebrows, some makeup things. So she noticed it pretty quickly and was able to help for that moment. When I first started, I was the same with the eyebrows and, like, like you very instant, like what's happening? I'm like, I don't know. What were some things that they tried to do to help you? So some things that they did to help included like putting on gloves at night. Cause I wasn't, I am a night polar wearing like silicone things that are used to grab paper over all my fingers using band-aids. Those are mostly for lashes, wearing my hair wet, wearing my hair up, wearing hats, wearing wig caps wearing a wig at one point, you know, painting my nails, wearing false nails, trying to have bins of stress toys throughout the house, literally everything. 
did you find that there was something that worked better than others? I found just usually it doesn't even involve like the object for me. I think it's just planning out my day better so I don't have those periods at night where it's just where I can pull for an hour or when I get home from school, making sure I have a set plan so I'm not just pulling for half an hour before I do work or doing homework that's going to stress me out before I'm relaxed. So usually just planning out my day better rather than carrying around a stress ball is better for me because I know the times I pull. Were you confident enough to like share with friends or was this something that you kind of hid from everybody for a while? So I would say before, really before the past year, I was definitely more hidden about it, especially in the first couple years. I was so hidden about it. I wore a wig, which was definitely, I'm like, if this falls off my head, I'm going to cry. I'm not going to ever go back to school. And then just last year, I transferred schools because of a lot of bullying and issues that even happened with the church. So I was able to meet a lot more friends and become more confident in my overall appearance and how I present myself. You know, kids are brutal, man. They are, they will point anything out. They don't care if you're in a group setting. There's what's happening. What's, what's up with that? I would lie over and over again. I'd be like, oh, I got gum in my hair. I got this. I got that. Did you feel the same way where you're like, I have to, I have to like come up with things to say because people might ask me. Yeah. So right in fifth grade, I was pulling on my eyebrows. I made up some excuses because I thought it was cool to say, oh, I got my eyebrows done. But then the lady slipped and pulled out all my eyebrows and other things, you know, with a wig, I'm just like, oh, I just wanted to be cool and mature and have a wig or with the crazy, you know, heavy mascara or just heavy eyeliner. I'm like, oh, I just, I'm into makeup now. I'm a makeup artist. All these fake personalities, I'm not really. Having trichotillomania is is tough in itself. And then there's this added layer of, okay, now I have to do certain things in order to leave the house and it doesn't match me. I was the same way. I was like very much emo girl, like really dark, you know, and then I cut my hair to kind of match. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't feel like I can be myself because I have to hide so many things. Yeah, I definitely feel like now I'm not the type of person to wear makeup, but I feel like even drawing on the eyebrows, wearing mascara, I'm just like a down to earth person. I don't like I don't like dressing up that much, really. So when you decided to get the wig, can you talk to me about like the decision to do that? How did that come to be? So really, I don't think it was my decision because I I read through a couple years ago, a diary I wrote. I'm like, I don't want this wig. And I was like having a panic attack on paper saying, what if a kid pulls it off? What if I damage it? Because it was a really nice one. It was really expensive. Nothing a kid my age, I was 11, which should be wearing. Yeah, so the decision, I went to the wig shop, you know, they tried someone's out, nothing really seemed to look right on me. They were for someone who's older and definitely more like really nice. It just looked weird, my young face, having like really beautiful curly hair just didn't seem right. It just seemed more really mature, not something kids my age are wearing. Like in middle school, everyone's wearing like messy hair, fun colors in their hair, but I was wearing a a wig that's probably for a middle-aged woman. And so where were you pulling from at that time? And how much were you pulling to, you know, end up getting the wig? So yeah, at the time, it was definitely once the forehead part that I started off with, it grew to more the back, back left side of my head. And it still is 
pretty much the same now. Probably about the size of like a baseball and just down to the root. It was hard to cover up. And there was also regrowth on the other side of my head, on the right side, the same area. So really covering it up was not possible, including the bit at the front, which I was using headbands to. It just looked, you know, there's too many things to cover up at once. So the wig was just a way to cover it up and not have to worry about it and not have to be pulling my hair, which we thought it would prevent me from pulling my hair, but I would end up playing with the wig hair and pulling it out sometimes. And because of this, were you not able to like do certain activities because you're like, hey, I have this wig. I, you know, I don't want to go here or do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, in middle school, I've, I've always been a very active person in every single club, try to play sports. But I've noticed like even in gym class, which when I first started pulling my hair in sixth grade, it did happen in, before gym class. So I couldn't be wearing a headband in the pool, which I used to cover up the forehead spot. So I had to sit out for gym many years, even the past year doing gym class. I've tried it, but it's just so much stress. And I'm worried about too much. I can't really enjoy the moment because I'm too worried about my hair. So I was in musicals for a while before I started doing stage crew, which is another thing I really love to do. Musicals and wearing a hat was in one scene, but I had the wig on and this was kind of towards the end of my, the life of the wig. It was, it did, you could tell it was a wig. Like the front was lifting up and I was not taking care of it for sure. So wearing a hat on top of that and having it in a tight ponytail like you would with a, any other musical for dancing, really it got in the way for that. And just to be able to function and go out with my family, I was always self-conscious, like the wig's lifting up. I'm looking at photos back in that era and I see the front of the wig lifting up. I'm like, wow, like I have no good pictures of myself until started to learn how to grow stuff out. When did you start sharing about your BFRB? So I remember in middle school, I did tell my, it was about the same age as the wig, a couple years since having it. Um, I told her about, she's my best friend since kindergarten. And I told her, you know, I had this thing where I pulled my hair and I don't know why. It's not because I'm anxious. The doctors told me it's because I'm anxious, but I'm not anxious like that. I think I do it because I'm bored. And she's like, yeah, that's totally, that's fine. Fine with it. I don't even know if she understood it at our young age, but in a couple of years after that, I told another friend who I knew for a couple of years and she, she has like, she does skin picking. So she has BFRBs herself. And then I have told some people at my school now, a teacher and, you know, other people. And I wrote an essay about it to share with my friends kind of, and just share to the public, just kind of sharing my story. And then now I am thinking about having a project, doing a thing where I can go into, our school has like these training things, a program where you can learn trades and one of them is cosmetology and going into a cosmetology class and kind of saying, hey, there's a condition you should know about. And you might have deal with a client who has this and they might be scared to tell you about it. When you were little and you were pulling, was the hairdresser something that you were like, I can't go to? At first it was, but I'm so thankful. My hairdresser, she is amazing. I've had the same one since I was so young and I still have her now. So my whole life I'm going to her and she's really good friends with my mom and everything. So my mom, I think my mom told her right away kind of what was going on because she had that connection with her. But she was giving me all these, she made me look so great after. My confidence is always so up. She could always 
cover up the bald spot. Even I can rock a pixie cut with and cover the bald bald spots, which never I never thought I could rock a pixie cut. But she always made my hair look amazing, and always made me so confident with it. When you told your friend who has skin picking, how did that feel to say like, "Wow, you really get me." She kind of just got me, but I don't think hers really. I don't know too much about hers really, to be honest, to speak on it. But it was just nice to know, like, oh, hey, we follow this same account. We both follow one of the BFRB things out there, and we went. I think we went to a support group together, an online support group, just all just general BFRB stuff, and we both be able to benefit from it. So now that you are a little more open, have you lost some of the shame around trick? Because I know when I first started pulling and stuff, it was very like, I felt very shameful. Like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I don't want people to notice. As I got older, I caught, I had to work on losing some of that so I could, you know, speak publicly and, and share my story. How has your journey been so far? I think I am starting to enter kind of that phase where I am starting to accept myself more. I do try to hide a lot the hair, I, because it is really obvious. And still, if I try to cover it, it's pretty obvious. Like, who wears a side part every day? Not many people. And the eyebrows and eyelashes, sometimes I just, yeah, go out of the house without it. I feel like, I don't like wearing makeup. I just, sometimes I just feel gross. Like, it's, and it takes a little while to put on and make sure that there's no spots. But sometimes I just have a lazy day, just no makeup. Going out with a friend, no makeup. Sometimes school, no makeup, but school, because my past was school, I do wear makeup there. But that's not something I would wish I'd want to continue. When you are pulling, I know that you, you mentioned that you have, like, if you keep your schedule busy, you know, there's not that downtime to pull. Are there any, like, locations in your house or anything that you know, like, oh, if I go in here, I'm probably going to sit down and pull? Yeah, so definitely in my bed. When I first wake up, still laying down. If I wake up early, don't have to rush myself to get up. Like on a weekend sleeping in, I will pull maybe for like half an hour before bed. Definitely. If I wake up in the middle of the night, definitely coming home from school and having a stressful day and trying to jump right into homework. Definitely. But I find I need to like allow myself a little bit of time to like cool off and take breaks and in the car while driving. Definitely my top. And I do, I do um, split ends just earlier this year, started taking it like split ends, I think in like May. So that kind of like, I can't, I don't do it at night because I usually the lights are off or something. But if, if I'm like in the day, during the day, just sitting somewhere, I will pick at those. Do you have a certain ritual that you do with the hair? So usually I like search around the area. Sometimes if I'm more, more just like mindlessly doing it and not really focused, which is usually most of the time it's mindlessly, I just kind of go to the area, play, play around a little bit, not even until I find like a coarse hair, sometimes just a little hair and then pull it out, examine the root, and sometimes I like put it in my mouth or sometimes bite it off and then just discard the hair. When you pull the lashes, do you stick them on stuff? It is the perfect time to take the next step in your healing journey. You've heard me talk about the Keen too, and how bringing awareness to my BFRB has improved my life. It can improve yours or someone you love's too. Take 20% off your order using the code BARBARAFRIEND when you go to barbaralally.com slash habitaware. That is code BARBARAFRIEND when you go to barbaralally.com slash habitaware.
I did used to do that. I'm not really last puller anymore, but in sixth grade, I used to have none. I remember putting them out and they had like a little black bulb. I think they were definitely, now they have a white bulb when I pull them out, but I don't know, some science behind it probably. I would stick it on like paper and like, I don't know, it was just so fascinating to me. I don't know why, but it was. If someone were to ask you how your trichotillomania feels, like the sensation that you get, how do you think you would describe it to them? There are definitely more positive and negative feelings with it. For the sensations, they're mostly positive. It feels like relieving stress and just, I just like examining things. It's like very sensory, stimulating me and riding me with like all this energy and stuff. But definitely after the feeling, I definitely feel more shame and just like, oh, I'm never going to break out of this. I look so bad now. Oh, I just worked hard to grow those lashes. I got to wait six weeks now or something. So definitely that. Have you had moments where things are growing back? Yeah. So just about a year ago or a year or two ago, I went like maybe like two or three months completely pull free, like not even a day worth one hair. I used the I Am Sober app to track it. And, you know, I went like, even if I pulled one hair, which I'm, I'm learning, you can't be completely, you can't just count one hair. Like if you're just doing one hair mindlessly and it's not in your trans, you know, there's differences, but, and I, I would say now I don't pull my lashes a lot or my eyebrows. It's really just directed towards my hair. Who knows if it'll continue. When you did have that moment of, you know, after two to three months and you ended up pulling again, like having kind of that like relapse, I would say, how did you, you know, talk yourself out of feeling bad about that? I was just going through the motions. A lot of stuff happened that caused me to relapse. So I was just dealing with that, trying to process that. And I don't think I even pulled my hair that much. I think it was just a little quick couple hairs. And then it was still pretty good. I didn't have trances nearly as much. So I just wasn't tracking anymore. I lost like, oh my gosh, three months down the drain. And I felt awful to continue because every single time I did, I'll get one day, oh shoot, just pulled a hair by accident, just going out in school rather than a whole trance. I was being really hard on myself, which is not ideal. That's what's tough for me about, you know, I like, I like data. Like I want to know my, my like patterns. Um, But it's hard when I track that because yeah, that's, there's that one hair and I'm like, well, does that really count? You know, like, does it actually? Yeah. So I did see a therapist who specializes in BFRBs and I forget the term she used. There's a relapse and then a re-something, but the relapse is like you continue back into it, you know, full, full on trances again. But the other word I can't remember is just like you have a little setback and you're still mostly good. That helped change my mindset on it. I'm like, oh, a little setback, but majority is still good. I can't be focusing on a little setback. I got to focus on the big, which is the trances, which is really where the damage comes from. Not a little hair here and there. When you worked with this therapist, did you find that they did know a lot about BFRBs? Yeah, absolutely. I'm hearing all these things and different things I'm looking into now, how it's related to ADHD or OCD and sometimes anxiety, which I don't know, it's a little iffy to me personally, but all the different habits we'll do with them, like with the ADHD, I'm not a medical professional, but some of the stuff she was saying was, you know, the ADHD is more like the trans thing. You do it because you're bored 
and it's just a stimulant, which I find I relate to that a lot, just as a stimulant, just during downtime. And because when I am really stressed, it's hard for me to do anything. I can't touch anything. I just got too much stressful energy. But when because when I'm overstimulated, but more of an understimulated thing. And the OCD is more like, you know, taking it to a certain number or number of hairs or like lining them up, I think she said. I'm not too sure, but I relate a lot to um, ADHD. Right? I didn't know before that. So now I can know, oh, I've seen my therapist or psychiatrist. I can be like, hey, ADHD testing, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And getting it more of a root cause possibly addressed. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I Like you mentioned in the beginning, when you first met with someone, they were like, what is that? I had a lot of that growing up and it was like really tough because I was looking for help and they couldn't help me. I'm trying to, what? I had to help you. Yeah, definitely. I've seen so many therapists because we just, either I grew out of them or even one just COVID hit and they weren't able to really continue it over Zoom. And that one, she, she claimed to know about it, but she had a whole different perception about it than I was dealing with. Hers is more like, oh, like you're anxious, you're doing it as a nervous habit, really, like you're nervous in school before a test, you're pulling out all your hair in big chunks. I'm like, no, I do it one by one, all this stuff. And then she was saying, oh yeah, I had a client a couple of years ago, and another one after that, and I was able to both cure their trichotillomania from them. I'm like, wow, that seems really different from what I've heard online. I'm like, where is this magical thing that you're doing? Because <laughs> it's not helping me. The thing was, when I was growing up, it was the same thing of like, we're going to cure you. And I'm thinking, you're not. It's been 20 years, but I'm managing it way better. So like, that's now what I like is I like learning how to manage it versus trying to cure it. Cause that's, that makes me feel bad. Yeah. And definitely even, and I don't think even now I would wish, well, if I'm going back to my 10 year old self, see myself now, I think it's been, trick has been a part of me, like just growing up and I've learned how to have empathy for people and just understand people more. Like I would never judge someone now saying, ew, your hair is out of place. I don't even notice that. I know other kids my age are definitely all focused on looks and really judge the kids. So I'm just able to be more positive. And a lot of people in my life see that, that I'm a lot more kind than some kids my age. Let's talk about the trance. If you can, try to explain to me like what happens when you are in it. How do you get in it? How do you get out of it? So many times it starts by being in like a spot that is known for hair pulling, like waking up in the morning or studying. So I would just, you know, I'm sitting there and laying down. Usually it comes from just like searching or just feeling around my hair or I can't go to sleep right away or I'm just like doing studying. It's just not making sense. Like I get writer's block really bad. So if I'm writing an assignment for ELA or anything that requires writing which is many subjects it's just hard to focus I do have like scabs on my scalp that I do like pick at it's like a skin picking thing so sometimes I pick those but then I end up resorting after that it's no good it doesn't help just pulling out one by one examining the root like holding up to a light or something and then doing the ritual and that usually lasts for like maybe half an hour or an hour sometimes so it does consume a lot of my time which I'm working at actively and how I break out of it usually not much can break me out of it I think I would probably go on for a while if I wasn't had a distraction like 
oh, I looked at the time. Oh, I wanted to go to bed like half an hour ago so I can wake up in the morning more energized. Around doing study, I'm like, maybe I should just take a break for a minute because this is not getting me anywhere. And I have a lot of work to do. Or sometimes it's just more of a realization than a something that actually breaks me. Tell me if you relate to this. Sometimes when I'm like doing work or especially doing my assignments, if I start pulling, it's like my thoughts get in order better. Yeah, I definitely feel that sometimes it can be helpful. If I'm not too in the trance where I just forget about it. But if I'm just like playing with my hair or picking at the scalp, it's not really a focus bar, just by having like more stimulation going on. What advice would you give someone who wants to share about their BFRB? I would say definitely do it. If Even if you're younger, like my age, I haven't hear, heard many people, you know, who are in high school sharing about their tricks. Have courage to do it. It helps you get some burden off your chest of stuff you've probably been hiding for many years. Like I know for me, I was hiding it for five years. Maybe that's not a lot compared to someone else, but for me, it was a lot and really intense years. So, you know, if, if someone feels called to do it or led to do it, then definitely do it. Um, especially if you like to advocate for others, it's a great way to do it. And how has your relationship with your parents, you know, when you first started, nobody knew what it was, right? So they're trying their best. They're, they're trying to figure out things. How are they now, you know, kind of having that information, that education? They definitely stay off me. They used to be more involved and always, I would be sitting on the couch, watching TV, pulling it, and I could like sense them behind me. And it was definitely a little invading because it is kind of like, it's just you're in your own world at that time when you're having trance. But now they kind of just, you know, there's not really anything they can do about it. They can just, you know, not bother me about it. Because it would stress me out having someone behind my shoulder. Like, it would just give me a horrible feeling, like, overwhelming feeling of fear and everything. But they they do stay off that a little bit. My dad, he does. If I'm just sitting in the car, if he's driving, if he sees me in the back seat, like, pulling at my hair and stuff, he like, Jaden, stop. It's distracting. Stop doing that while I'm driving. Because apparently he's distracting. He can see me in the rearview mirror. And he thinks it's a self-harm behavior. But I told him, no, it's not. Here's people who say it's not. But he's like, well, in my mind, it's a self-harm behavior. I don't like to see you doing that to yourself. I'm like, sorry, I can't. I really can't help it in science. Once college comes, like, are you just going to get more and more open? What do you have, like, plans? Anything like that? Yeah, I really want to do that with the cosmetology school. I really want to go in and do that, maybe even expand and do that the next year, the next batch of students. Anything I can do, I'm still looking into it. I just learned about this stuff pretty recently, like earlier this year. So I'm really open to anything. As long as I can, you know, share my story with someone else, maybe even like younger kids, like someone who is just freshly in middle school or high school, help them deal with it and say, oh, it's okay. You got, sometimes you got to show yourself a little love. It's not okay to be beating yourself up over this stuff. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to share about before we go? There was one thing I want to mention. So I have a carpeted room right now and, you know, the bed and the carpet, it all just attracts so much hair. And I, I know like probably a lot of people, I think I've heard another podcast, someone saying the carpet just gets so much hair. It's so hard to clean. You're breaking vacuums over it. Someone bought a nice vacuum. Thinking it'll help. Doesn't help. So much, even when I try to pick up all the hair, I'm still breaking vacuums and stuff. 
But, you know, hardwood floors, especially, I know my parents, they want to match the one that's downstairs. If we're going to get it from my room upstairs and we have a nice one downstairs, that's going to be like $1,000 or something. It's a big chunk of money to be spending, but I don't know. Carpets are just such a pain. It's one thing I want to add. And washing clothes, I take out my clothes, I, you know, clean them off with hair, and I still find the washing machine sewn up with hair, which is not good. You can break stuff like that. Oh, yeah. that It annoyed me so much growing up. Barbara, your hair is in the vacuum. I know it is. I'm trying to cut it out with scissors and it still won't come out. Yeah. It's important to share all those things because people without BFRBs don't understand. It's not just, it's not just me pulling out my hair. It's me now worried about the vacuum and the rug in my room and doing laundry. It's, it's impacting everything around me. Yeah. And like, I like having a clean environment. But even my own hair disgusts me. If I see it laying around at the bottom of my foot or just seeing hairs everywhere, sometimes it's just gross. I mean, you know, I pull it off. I literally eat the root off. But seeing the hair there is just, you know, and then taking it out of the washing machine when it's still wet and soapy, that's so gross. And it's got all this stuff in it. It's not nice to clean up. It can serve as a reminder. Like I might be having like a, a great day. I haven't pulled that much. And then I look next to my bed and I'm like, oh my God, look at all that hair that could really hurt my feelings. Yeah, definitely. And even when I'm washing my hair in the shower and stuff, like hair is coming out and there are definitely um, different times of the year. I think fall is like you lose more hair. So like I, I'm seeing stuff on the ground. I'm like, I don't think I pulled that much. Or if I'm pulling longer hairs rather than the short couple inch ones, it can make the pile look a lot bigger. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Trick Talks. Did you know that I offer a Trichotillomania online course? My course is called Sharing Our Stories, and in it, we do a deep dive into your relationship with trichotillomania. We use my guided journal, My Trickster Diaries, as our workbook. We also complete empowering activities and have a bi-weekly support group so that you can meet others in the community. As a gift to you, please use promo code TRICKTALKS25 to receive 25% off the five-session package. You can access this promotion at barbaralally.com. Mm-hmm.